Welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Society of San Francisco Sunday Morning Worship Service Podcast. For more information or downloads of previous audio services, go to uusf.org. While you're there, check out our monthly newsletter, Weekly Flame, and much, much more.
Hey, it's so good to see you in the neighborhood this morning. How's so it been? So good to see you too. Yeah. Hi, neighbor. How's your hair? It's long. Yeah. It's an essential service to get it cut, I think. Right. I'm kind of going for the early Beatles uh, mop hair hairdo. Well, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yeah, it's great to see you all. You know, I was thinking it's kind of a casual neighborhood sort of Sunday, and I noticed we've got sweaters and sneakers here, so... I feel the urge just... to wear a cardigan. Yeah. You know, I've been thinking, like, being cozy in church might be a fun way to well, spend the day. And our neighbors out in Livestream land, they look pretty cozy, don't you think? Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm always amazed at the bathrobes we see people wearing oh, here at you, church. The, our neighbors look great. And I think I see some new neighbors out there, too. Yeah. It's lovely to see you. Welcome. Thank you for joining us here in the neighborhood today. And we want to thank our friendly neighbors who've come to be with us this Sunday. We've got our musicians, Asher, Brielle, Mark over there in the corner, and Miwa at piano. Yes. And our friends here in the back running the tech. Who's back there, Vanessa? Well, that looks like Eric, and that looks like Jonathan. So and, lovely to see them. Yeah, and, and Joe's probably he's in the handling the all live your questions stream. on the chat, yeah. where you can also find the order of service. So if you don't know this, if you're new, you can download the order of service so you can follow along and sing the songs with us this morning. And if you have a spare cardigan around and you want to dress down like us, yeah, feel free. Welcome to the neighborhood. We're going to light a candle, as we've been doing each Sunday for all of you. Because even though we're not here together, we are here in spirit. And this candle reminds us of that. So welcome to the neighborhood, everyone. I think we should sing something together. What do you think, Allison? I think that's a great idea. Well, Musicians, do you have a song you'd like us to sing? Yeah. Number well, 360, I believe. Here we have gathered. Here we have gathered. The words are in your order of service, if you don't already know them by heart. Oh, oh. 
in reciting and sharing our unison chalice lighting. The words are found in the order of service. We light this chalice for the light of truth, the warmth of love, and the fire of commitment. We light this symbol of our faith as we gather together. So good morning, everyone. It's wonderful to have you with us today, this beautiful day in our beautiful San Francisco, this wonderful neighborhood we call home. If you're from afar, we welcome you. It's lovely to have you here in our worship space this Sunday morning. We want to remind you to check the YouTube links you'll find in our live stream, which can help you get connected to our worship life here at the church, how we're doing church in this time period. Uh, we hope you'll join us for the various offerings we have to uh, provide to you. There are links to the weekly flame, our electronic newsletter, and our monthly newsletter, First News. They're the best ways to stay up to date with what's happening here at the church. And of course, please stay and join us for virtual coffee hour, which is happening after the service on Zoom. You'll find the order, the links to, to join the coffee hour in the order of service. We have a few invitations. Uh, again, we want to invite you on Monday mornings at 8, p 8 a.m. for our spiritual practices uh, gathering offered by Reverends Margot Campbell-Gross and John Burens. It's a lovely way to start your week. You'll find the links uh, to that Zoom offering in the order of service uh, on our website and in the Weekly Flame. John has also kindly offered to lead a four-week Zoom series class called Transcendentalism Then and Now, which he's doing as a collaboration with the Knoxville, Tennessee Church, which was the first congregation that he served. You'll find links to that class and a course description in the order of service, again, in the flame and on our website. The class will meet on Wednesdays in May, starting at 4.30, and you can uh, register on the class. You'll see the links there for that, too. Vanessa has just announced her May Ministers Book Club, which will meet on Wednesday, May 27th from 6.30 to 8 p.m. and on Thursday, uh, May 27th from noon to 1.30. Uh, you can sign up by emailing her or you, for, and she will send you the Zoom link and there'll be information again on the flame, the order of service and on our website. The book that she's chosen this month is called And There Was Light, a memoir by Jacques Lucerne. We, oui? a Frenchman, <laughs> a Frenchman who lost sight in an accident at the age of eight and experienced World War II from this very different perspective. It should be a wonderful book club for May. We hope you'll join. 
We also want to thank you for all your gifts and donations. We've started dispersing checks to individuals and to organizations that need our support right now, all of which was made possible by your gifts that have come into our collection. Thank you to those who have helped support the needs of those here in our congregation and afar. We appreciate your support. Finally, wanted to let you know that we've raised $560,000 for our 2021 annual pledge. This is an amazing showing and we really appreciate your support. If you haven't made your pledge yet, we understand that you may need to be making adjustments uh, in these times, but every pledge is important, and if you need to adjust your pledge later down the road, we understand that too. But we appreciate your strong support, and next Sunday will be the official closing of our annual pledge drive, so please support now. To make your pledge or make an offering for this week, you can use the donate and pledge buttons on our YouTube page or mail checks to the church. We appreciate your generous support. And this concludes our announcements. Let us gather to sing our breathing meditation. When I breathe in, I'll breathe in peace. When I breathe out, I'll breathe out love. When I breathe in, I'll breathe in peace. When I breathe out, I'll breathe out love. When I breathe in, I'll breathe in peace. When I breathe out, I'll breathe out love. When I breathe in, I'll breathe in I noticed that we have some special guests we with us do. this morning. We do have some special guests. Let's it's introduce them to everybody. Sure. Well, I'm so happy to see them again. It has been a while since the full sisters. I think this sisters. is their first visit, really. Oh. Isn't it? Well, you know, it's been a while. You know, we yeah. haven't really been together for a while. That's but true. Let me introduce the full sisters. I'm Hope. Hope. I'm Joy. Joyful. Joyful. So nice to have you with us. Why, thank you. It's really nice to be here in the sanctuary. I know. It's incredible. So how have you been, Vanessa? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I've been shut down a little bit lately. Right. Yeah, I, I know that feeling. How about, how about, how about you, Allison? Well... I kind of am feeling like 
the laundry in the dryer that's rumbling and tumbling around, like so many feelings that are just in a swirl. Oh my God, I know exactly what you're talking about. Right, oh. I've had that feeling myself where I just feel like my stomach's in a twist. Yeah, there's a lot of feelings going around right now. Yeah, there sure is. Hey, you know, when I came in, I noticed there was a a box, a, yeah, a magic box? Yeah, I noticed it too, that crazy box over there. What is that? Can we bring it over? Here, I'm oh, going to go help oh, Allison get oh it. Oh my gosh. Oh, ladies, full sisters, you noticed it's our magic box. The magic box. I've heard all about the magic box. Oh. It hasn't been here since uh, May. Is that right, Allison? Well, or no, it was September. Yes, it was in September. Right, you saw it. You must have seen it. Right. We had it in September. Oh, can we look inside? Uh, that's what we're supposed to do. All right, oh. we're going to take off oh, the lid. You can look, but I have to Don't keep fall six in. feet away. So, uh, okay. All right, well, let's let them take things out, okay? Oh, right. I found something in the box. Oh, it's oh. the oh. goggles of enhanced perception. Oh. They're a little worse for wear, yeah. if you ask me. I think mm. the pandemic's kind of done oh. a number on them. They are kind of falling apart, Allison. Yeah, you know, it's funny, hmm. Hope, when I got them, I was... That first Sunday, way back in September, when the congregation, everybody was here, and we were gathering again, and I put on the goggles, and I was able to, like, really see clearly and deeply. Oh, I like noticed, when I got my cataracts done. Right, so, yeah, I mean, kind of, kind of, yeah. that enhanced perception is kind of like having cataract yeah. surgery, mm -hmm. you're right. Yeah. But you know what I've found is that over the, t the months, and, and particularly these last few months, I feel like I'm actually seeing more clearly and, and even feeling more deeply, getting more in touch with how I'm feeling. It's kind of a funny thing, but it is well, that's how it lovely. is. You know, I noticed there were some other things in the box. Should we take a look? Wow, you are super observant. I don't <coughs> need goggles of enhanced perception. No, you do not. No, you do hey. not. But you do need a haircut, by the way. <laughs> uh, sorry, Let, let's keep focused <laughs> on the point. Of well, look here, here's a feeling. Bow red. Oh, red. Oh, bored. Oh, bored. Bored. Right. Oh, do we know? Have what? you been feeling bored, Hope, Joy? Have you? Oh, my God, yes. My friends are all at home. I'm at home. Right. Yeah, it's true. There's yeah. just a lot of time. I mean, I've watched, like, so many Netflix series. I'm kind of, you know, <sighs> running out of steam. Just done. And I, I don't I know about relate. you, but like we've been making the same meals at home, and right. I mean, if I eat another pasta dish, yeah, so, I don't know what so I'm gonna bored. do. We so, understand bored, and I can right. imagine the kids at home are feeling kind of bored, sort of stuck inside, yeah. and you know, just doing the same old, same old routines. That can get boring after a while. We don't need enhanced perception to understand that, right? One, do we? Well, let's see what else is in here. Yeah. So bored yeah, is one. Else? Oh, sorry. Keep away. Oh, right. Keep away. You know. Yeah, social distancing, that's right. Yep. How about this one? Ah. Sad. <laughs> right. What's the matter? My goodness. Are you I know what that means. Oh, well, what does it mean? Well, for me, sad is not being able to go to my Zumba classes. Well, that's what's been kind of hard and made me sad. It's all my friends, their families, people who are sick or worried about being sick. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of us are feeling that way, yeah, too. Yeah, I'm definitely missing everyone here at church. It's yeah. really hard and makes me sad not having everyone here together. So we don't need the goggles of enhanced perception right. to understand this right. one, do we? I think we? everyone kind of knows what sad is feeling like. Yep, we've had our dose of sad. But you know, even with sad feelings, I noticed, oh right, yeah, there are happy feelings, too. 
Oh, yeah, like right now with all of you and that beautiful music. Yeah. That's right. Yep. What's something that's made you feel happy lately, Vanessa? I think taking my walks and seeing the world just so beautiful right now just makes me well up with joy well, and gratitude right. for, for what we do have. For this how, about, how about you, Allison? Well, yeah, I can walks and I've been bicycling, which has been a lot of fun, and that's made me feel happy and made me notice the songs of the birds and yeah. seeing little kids yeah. on their scooters. Yep. And when I think about it, right. happy kind of gets me to... Another feeling. What's that? What's that? Oh, grateful. yeah. Yep. Have you all been feeling grateful lately? Well, we've been working on it at our din- dining room table every day. We say our gratefuls. Right. How Joy and you? I may take up that practice too, but you know, mm. I think about all the kids and the families here, and it makes me think wasn't today a particularly special? special day. Oh, that's You're right. right, Hope and Joy. Today was to be and is our final day for Sunday oh, school this my year. Goodness. And it's so hard not having you here, but we're so grateful to all of our teachers, all yes. of our children and youth and their families for being part of the church. Yes. Thank you. Yes, yes exactly. From your mouth to God's ears, Allison. You know, Thank you all. Oh, we oh. have a special message for them, oh, right? Oh, did you guys bring a special message? Oh, yes, yeah, let's that go over you, here. Did you guys bring that? Oh, wow. Practice social distancing. Oh, oh, oh yes, stay, stay far away. All right, so. Here, oh, oh, oh go okay. this way. Let's bring it out where everybody can see. see. Oh, I think it might be upside down and backwards. Oh my gosh. All right, let's okay. just maybe flip All right. it over. Get ready, everybody. And turn around. I think if we just, well, oh, let's see. Here, right. I this need... way. Oh, wait. Okay. Oh! Congratulations! Wow! You know, we want to make special congratulations to first all of our teachers and our children and youth and our program, but congratulations to our preschoolers who are oh. going to head off to kindergarten oh, next year. Kindergarten. Yay! Yeah, and, and, and the eighth graders and our who are going to be starting graders. high school. We're going to oh go off to high school next yeah. year. We know you missed a lot of things, but we yeah. want to congratulate you for a good job done. And everybody. I mean, there's so much. Right. Congratulations for making it through this year. It's complicated, to beautiful all of year. Us, right? To all of us. Yay! Congratulations, everybody. You know, I was thinking yeah. there's a special song that the choir, that the <gasps> singers are going to do. I, they're ready for us. Oh, my gosh. Let's, all right, let's put this down. And all let's right. get ready it's for our Matilda. song. All it's right. Oh, Matilda! I love Matilda! I saw it on Broadway.
Wow. That was great. Well, when we grow up, well, let's just say the covenant together. It's printed in your order of service, everybody. Say it with me, and then let's sing our doxology. Love is the, the spirit, spirit of this church, church and service, service is its prayer. This is, this our, is our great, great covenant, covenant to, to dwell, dwell together, together in peace, to seek the truth in freedom, and to help one, one another. think the kids who have class are heading to those now. Bye, everybody. Enjoy your last class together. And those of us here, we are going to share together in our ritual of remembrance and commitment, and then enter into some time of spoken and silent meditation. Recognizing there is human suffering all over this world in the course of natural and human catastrophes. We ring our gong this morning in honor of two such places of suffering and struggle. We ring our gong in honor first of the seven children who have lost their lives in federal custody in our detention camps. And we let those seven ringing gong strikes to stand symbolically also for the adults who have also lost their lives in these camps or who remain in them, many separated from their families, and those too who wait in makeshift refugee camps at our border. Today, we also ring our gong for other losses, those, those that have been most on our minds. For those lost to the virus that we know by name, rehearsed daily in the updates we read, the symptoms we have set to memory. As of this morning worldwide, there have been 244,229 deaths from COVID-19. So we ring our gong this morning for these lives too. May we keep those we have named and their families in our thoughts and in our prayers. And may we ease the tide of human suffering this coming week. Howsoever we can.
I invite you now to let your eyes soften their focus. Let your heart soften and breathe. Breathe deeply into your lungs and out. Be where you are. Feel it. The chair or couch against your body. The ambient noise or quiet. The temperature of the air against your skin. Breathe in and out. Breath like thoughts passing through you. Feelings rising, noted and acknowledged and allowed to move on. With so much we cannot control right now, we do have our attention. and our breath. And the ways both will companion us through any moment. Let us join in a time of quiet attention together. Let us hold silence in all the disparate places we find ourselves.
nourished by the deepest wells, connected by the invisible thread of breath and compassion. May we find peace and strength and joy. Love and blessings to us all. Amen. And now our offering, which is for the works and continued ministries of this congregation, will be both given and gratefully received. extraordinary. Thank you all. <laughs> Hello, neighbors. I don't know how many of you know, but Fred Rogers was a minister, Presbyterian, a bona fide seminary graduate, 
but with a very unusual calling, one that was strange and wondrous, to create meaningful television programming for children. Tom Junod, the real name of the fictional journalist who's portrayed in the movie A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, that 2019 movie about Mr. Rogers, he said of Mr. Rogers, quote, he considered the space between the television set and the eyes of his audience sacred. Fred Rogers also had very specific goals about how he entered into that sacred territory and what work and ministry he believed needed to happen there. Famously, Fred Rogers once testified before Congress when funding for the nascent reality of public television was up for crippling budget cuts. The footage is well known, probably some of you have seen it. The hearing was headed by this hard-nosed senator who was, it seemed, particularly disinclined to maintain the funding and who melted, I think it's safe to say, under the peculiar gentleness and straightforwardness and unselfconsciousness of Fred Rogers. When asked what he did on the show, Rogers said, among other things, that he wanted kids to know that feelings were mentionable. And once things were mentionable, he thought they were manageable. If he had a theme, one for sure, was that kids needed to know that feelings were important and acceptable and that we had the power over what we did with them. In the end, the senator who admitted to having goosebumps said, I think it's wonderful. Looks like you just earned yourself the $20 million. <laughs> and public television was funded. Fred Rogers was not very open about his own childhood. But as a kid, he did say that his family didn't make much room for feelings, especially the hard ones. Those who worked on the show observed that even as an adult, Fred Rogers seemed better able to express his feelings through puppets, particularly the tiger puppet, Daniel, than he could directly as himself. And the real life children of Mr. Rogers, they said in a documentary about their father that when he was gonna say something, as they put it, very un-Mr. Rogers-y, at home, he would use the puppet Lady Elaine's voice. That's when they knew he meant business. <laughs> Growing up, I'm pretty sure from stories that I've heard that not all of your feelings were respected all of the time. And for most of us, that level of parenting was still a huge step forward from what our parents reported about how their feelings were treated or respected. I mean, it wasn't so far back that children were supposedly made to be seen and not heard. So progress takes time. Yet to Mr. Rogers's point, it's funny, I think, how you and I still remember times when our feelings weren't respected.
how that experience of not being heard, of having what you felt discounted or doubted sticks with you. How it teaches us subtly or not so subtly to distrust ourselves, to feel bad about hard feelings, wrong for having them. But they're just feelings, right? It's what we do with them that matters, Mr. Rogers used to say. Of course, some emotional regulation is key to growing up. If you and I are in a grumpy mood, learning to set that aside and fake some good cheer at our best friend's birthday party, well, it's kind and humane, right? It's a good life skill to have. It's a little bit of what living the golden rule can look like, I'd even say. We are, after all, all of us, we're parts of a community of competing emotional needs and sometimes what you do with your feelings is about choosing to do your part for the greater good of the whole or to care for someone else. But so is learning to listen to ourselves and to attend to our inner life. A child stuffing their feelings rarely gets them anywhere. And a lifetime of that, as we know, can get us into some trouble. Listen to the stories of people who struggle with addictions or emotional eating, or listen to problems that come up in relationships. And a host of hurt can usually be traced back to some kind of stuffing or ignoring of what we feel. So there's incredible wisdom in feelings. Our children's feelings can often tell them things that their cognitive brains don't understand yet. To be honest, I think our feelings have a wisdom and a depth that our rational minds often lack. Let me give you an example. As a 10-year-old, my childhood dog died. We had left her behind with my grandparents on their New Mexico farm when we moved to New York City, and she got sick about a year or so after we left her there. I was told she was sick at about the same time, well, really, at the same time, I was told that she'd already been put to sleep. I'd never been to a funeral at that point in my life or lost anyone close to me really close to me. But my response, as I remember, was immediate. I wanted to fly to New Mexico. I wanted to find a way to retrieve her body, to have her with me, to bury her, at least to get her ashes, to pay some homage to her. And, and let's be clear, that was an incredibly inconvenient wish. It was expensive, to say the very least, and it wasn't a wish my family could indulge. But was the urge I had to do all the rituals of goodbye as a child, that urge, was it silly and sentimental? Was it childish? Was it frivolous? It wasn't one that anyone had anticipated, but was it strange? I don't think so. 
though I felt, I think, a little bit that way then. Now, years into life and ministry, thinking back on that moment of deep feeling, I think, I think that reaction was one of the most tender and gorgeous seeds of reverence for life that I knew previously. I think it was evidence, actually, of a heart that had this gorgeous urge to honor life and its loss, all loss. I think, like so many of our childhood urges and feelings, there was huge wisdom there. That there's always wisdom in those places of deep feeling. And so there's danger in the forgetting of those feelings or talking ourselves out of them as part of growing up. For so many reasons, as he knew, Fred Rogers was right to listen to children, to see them as they were, to show them how to trust listening and to love themselves. In June of 2018, the Atlantic Monthly published an article by Maxwell King, an article about Fred Rogers and the way he talked to children. King wrote about how Mr. Rogers insisted that every word, whether spoken by a person or a puppet, was scrutinized closely. Hedda Sharapin, who was one of the members of the staff at Fred Rogers' production company, shared once how Rogers had stopped the taping of a show when a cast member told the puppet Henrietta Pussycat not to cry. He stopped it because he said the show would never suggest to children that they not cry. Feelings were feelings, he would say. It's what we do with them that's important. And if all those complicated feelings were acceptable, and the gorgeous, delightful ones too, and if kids were worth listening to and being seen, well, then they'd know they were loved in the most authentic and authenticating way. When asked in an interview, with Charlie Rose about how many children he thought he'd influenced, Fred Rogers said he thought we got too caught up in numbers. If there was only one child I helped, he answered, it would be enough. The one who matters, he said, is always the one who's right in front of you. And when you saw him talk into the camera or talk to one of his guests, you knew he meant it. In his eyes, you were seen, you were deeply listened to, which is to say, you were loved. And the most important part of being alive, he thought, was to love, to learn to love others and trust in all of it. How are you feeling? The question and the listened to answer it wasn't, it isn't perfunctory. It didn't matter what age you were or are. 
It was a central act of love. And all the kids in the neighborhood needed it. A song in my heart, food in my belly, and love in my family. All I really need is a song in my heart, and love in my family. And I need the rain to fall. spiritual counselors these days is a small gray schnauzer named Pluto who lives somewhere in Canada. Pluto is making a lot of videos to help us two-leggeds as he calls us through COVID times. When I'm feeling particularly shut down or overwhelmed, anxious, and not particularly perky, I turn to him for guidance. In one of his recent hump day, meaning Wednesday videos, he offered this homily. Seated on his couch, wearing a fetching pink collar, his dark gray, silver blue eyes peered into my soul and he said this, 
Hi friends, Pluto here. I know it's been, a, it's been hard these days trying to digest a lot of what's going on. It fills our brains with worry, among other feelings. What we need to do is get the worry balls out. No one likes having that stuck throat in their stuck in your throat feeling or feeling your heart race around, but not in that whooshy way, but that bang, bang, bang. Maybe what you can do with all those worries is make yourself a, a worry wall. Pick one wall in your house. Don't worry if you just painted it with a fancy Benjamin Moore wind's breath white or a shaker beige. Now go get your crayons and your markers and maybe some old lipsticks, maybe some finger paints, and, and start getting your thoughts out on the wall. Remember, it's just a wall. When we paint out our mood murals, we see the words and we can start, and when we can see them, we can feel less scared. And then you can sit down with your family or maybe zoom in with a friend and, and talk about those words on your worry wall. And pretty soon when you talk it out, let the pent up air of those words out and get the feelings behind them, the worry feelings kind of deflate. And you have more room inside and maybe some happy words will bubble up. And we get through it all. We can go back to the Benjamin Moore store and buy some Dorset gold or Sagebrook sage and paint all those worries over. And just in case there's someone in your house who doesn't really want them having the wall painted, you can try a notebook and put all your danger doodles inside of it. Remember, friends, high hands and open heart, and over the hump we go. Bless you, Pluto. Now, back in reality, Wendy has yet to agree to have a worry wall. She likes how the wind's breath white looks in our living room. So I've contented myself with a notebook for all my danger doodles. But to be honest, all this lockdown and being shut in, closed off from people that I love and from things that bring me joy makes me pine for a place like Mr. Rogers' neighborhood where we can share what's bubbling up in our hearts or what's weighing us down. A place where we can feel heard and can help one another. I mean, let's be serious. Mr. Rogers just wasn't talking to kids. He had a message for all of us. The same writer, Tom Jeannot, that Vanessa mentioned, whose story was adapted for the movie It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, tells this story about Mr. Rogers. He says, when I first visited the neighborhood 21 years ago, one of his in-house writers, the same Hedda Sherapan, told what had happened when he'd enlisted her to write a manual to teach doctors how to talk to children. She worked hard on it, using all her education and experience in the field of child development. But when she handed him her opening, he crossed out what she had written and replaced it with six words. You were a child once, too.
growing up for many of us meant putting our feelings on hold, setting them aside while we went about the real work of becoming an adult. We forgot at times what it was like to be a child and to have feelings and want to express them with our words or our crayons or maybe a temper tango. Maybe time for our feelings or others' feelings became a, a chore or a risk, possibly something taboo. Over time, many of us forgot how to make time to listen and even to look deep within. When Fred Rogers hoped to do was to help us imagine a place, a, a public space, a place full of strangers transformed by love and kindness into something like, like a neighborhood where everyone was welcome. It's funny, that does remind me of a place I know. You know, our church sounds a lot like Fred Rogers' neighborhood, though we could use some more puppets. Maybe when we gather again, we can have a button-down sweaters and soft-worn sneakers Sunday. Take a break from our busy, busy, rush-rush adulting ways and cozy up with one another. After being shut in and shut down, we could really use a kind listening ear. It's like Pluto says, we are all going to need a little lifting up when things are said and done and high hands and open heart. Over in a sprawling suburb of podcast land, I recently stopped in to visit with Brene Brown, who you may know about her research in vulnerability. She has a new show called Unlocking Us, a title she came up with before we went into lockdown. On a recent show, she interviewed Dr. Mark Brackett, a research psychologist and director of the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence. Dr. Brackett had a real Fred Rogers in his life, his beloved Uncle Marvin. Unlike Dr. Brackett's parents who were emotionally unavailable, Uncle Marvin was there for him. He made time to listen, to coach, and to lift him up when he felt down. With Uncle Marvin's help, he is a teacher, Dr. Brackett created a curriculum to help us better understand our emotions and, and name our feelings and explore the stories behind them. Here's a quick step-by-step -step takeaway from Dr. Brackett's toolbooks. One, recognize. When you experience strong feelings, pay attention to what's going on and happening in your body. Notice what stories come up around those feelings. Two, understand. Think about the causes and consequences of those feelings. Listen for the themes and the patterns. Look for the connections. Three, label. Describe the emotion or feeling. Get as granular as you can. Four, express. 
Permit yourself to express those feelings through writing or art making, maybe meditation. Share what you're feeling with someone that you trust. Just find a way to get them out. Mood mural, anyone? Number five, regulate. Take care of yourself when your emotions feel like they are taking over. Pause. Breathe and make space. If you're wondering, that's an acronym. Ruler. Recognize, understand, label, express, regulate. Remember, says Dr. Brackett, give yourself permission to feel. There are no bad feelings. Feel them all. I imagine Dan Fred Rogers and his dear puppet Daniel would offer the same sage advice. I'm sure the Full Sisters hope and joy would too. In this time of feeling shut in and shut out, our hearts possibly in lockdown, please remember to make room for your feelings. Seek out a safe neighbor. Draw your doodle dangers. Throw some paint at that worry wall. And remember, you were a child once too. As we look forward to sweater and sneaker day, think about the person who lifted you up when you were feeling down. Use this time to imagine yourself as a Uncle Marvin or a Fred Rogers for someone you love. It is bound to make you feel good. And feeling good these days is just what we need. When we 
Well, Vanessa, it's been great spending this hour with you and everybody else here in the neighborhood. And yeah. I know it's going to be time for us to go soon. I so know. It's so sad. It's been such a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It has been. And I hope you oh, all enjoyed oh, being with us, too. Yes. Thank you all for the music. That was gorgeous. Well, I hope everybody enjoys this gorgeous day in the neighborhood, that you're good to yourselves, that you think about what you're feeling, because those feelings, my goodness, some days they change every few minutes. Yes. We're in a complicated place right now. Remember, hands high, open heart. Oh, yes. Good. So let's say our benediction, just to say our blessing before we head out until we're back in the neighborhood together again. Are you all suited up? Almost there. For the neighborhood? (laughs) The world outside? Back for adulting. Okay. (laughs) And now in our comings and our goings, may the light of love shine upon us. Out from within us, be gracious unto us and grant us peace. For this is the day we are given. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Blessings, everyone. И паки побежите не будете. Я по нами.
Thanks for listening to this podcast of the First Unitarian Universalist Society of San Francisco Sunday Morning Worship Service. For more information or downloads of previous audio services, go to uusf.org. Oh,